I got it. Will Ferrell. Okay, people, Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. Austin's just like, no, no. There's, there's no Christmas spirit on this podcast, Tanner. <laughs> Nobody believes in Christmas anymore. In my defense, it's how I was raised. Oh, I did ask the one Jewish person to sing a Christmas song. That was kind of fucked up of me. Whoops. My bad. Hi, welcome to Bomb Squad Matinee, episode number five? Maybe. Sure. Five. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, uh, when we're discussing, if you couldn't tell by the little Christmas song I sang to spread Christmas cheer, we're discussing the 2003 John Favreau classic and my favorite Christmas movie, Elf. But before we talk about Elf overall, who are uh, we? Uh, oh, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. Hi, I'm the ghost of Christmas with the Cranks. I I do not care where you go. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my, you're son. my son. Get out of my life now. Fun fact: See, oh, that's that's what on. my my uh, ninth. Uh, that's what my uh, fourth grade teacher said to me the first day upon meeting him. Those exact <laughs> words. He was later institutionalized and replaced with a new teacher. That was a lot cooler. Um, <laughs> Tanner, that that was honestly the whole reason why I was like, who are we? I wanted to do that for my intro. Bit. Uh, yeah, my fourth grade <laughs> teacher was James Kahn. Fun fact. Uh, but James Kahn uh, and uh, James Kahn and the, or James Can. Kahn? Can? Kahn! Kahn! Uh, you guys see that one movie where he plays a grandpa that those kids think is like a murderous psychopath? Sandman. But he's not. Then he kills himself. Bad Ooh. Grandpa. That's the plot of Bad Grandpa? <laughs> no, it is not the plot of Bad Grandpa. It's also not the plot of Elf. Anyway, sorry. Before we start talking about Elf, you may think, oh, Tanner's warm-up question is favorite Christmas movie. Uh, No, I'm stupid. My, yes, my warm-up is. question is, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Christmas is my favorite holiday. Uh, so I'm really curious to hear uh, these guys' thoughts. Unfortunately... Uh, I'm going to throw it to the Jew first. Austin, what's your favorite part of Christmas? All right. Tim. Now you married a Catholic. You're fine. Tim, get the get the butt of tiss ready. That sound effect on file. All right. My favorite part of Christmas is when it's over. No, I'm kidding. My favorite part of Christmas is going it's over to It's the Chinese Israel, food. Going over to Israel and confiscating their illegally parked weapons. I call it a mistletoe. Horny? Oh, your leg. Joe, you can't do that! My favorite part about Christmas is Christmas Eve. At least that's what I call her. I don't know her real name. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, my favorite part about Christmas is the reindeer. Tastes amazing on pizza. No, I'm fooling around. My favorite part about Christmas is the fruitcake. He's my cousin, God love him, but he took donning gay apparel to an extreme. Alright, alright, that's enough confessions for one holiday season. I guess if I'm being really serious here... My favorite part about Christmas is how it brings everybody together. And then when those schmucks are all singing songs, I get the restaurants all to myself. Back to you, Dana. Isn't your husband Catholic? I, I don't know what kind of Christian Sidwell is, to be honest. He, I for some reason thought he was Catholic. He's pagan now. 
I don't know. He's pagan now. He's it's pagan. it's terminal. It's terminal. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what's your favorite part of Christmas? You're really in the Christmas spirit with your whole getup. Yes, I am. I really like Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I honestly want my one of my favorite th- Christmas things is uh, uh, recently, honestly, is all these fun, uh, goofy Christmas sweaters uh, that are centered around movies. I'm wearing my killer clowns from outer space one right now. Um, <clears throat> what else do I like about Christmas? I used to like my ex best friend's gingerbread cookies, but I don't get those anymore. Hence the X card. Um, Holy um, shit! <laughs> what did I tell but you? What did I fucking I don't, tell you? I don't fucking care. Joe, um, you brought this on yourself, man. Holy shit, I can't believe you actually did it. Sorry, dude. I, 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 I did it because I thought it was fucking funny. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, honestly, my actual, like, really favorite, like, thing about Christmas is, are the Christmas movies. Like, whenever the season rolls around, I have, like, a whole, like, set list of shit I want to watch that I've seen before, I've not seen before, because it feels like there's a Christmas movie made at least every year, or at least a couple of them. So, and it's hard to keep up sometimes, but it's also nice to go back and revisit classics. Like, say, for instance, one we talked about last year, Anna and the Apocalypse. Go watch that episode now. We have the director on that one. That one fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I've got. Uh, Tanner, back to you. Ooh. I don't care that you're disappointed, by the way. I'm not I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. It's the reverse of what parents say. Son, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. disappointed. I'm fucking pissed. Yeah, but it's like it's it's specifically Christian Bale and Dark Knight Rises. I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. <laughs> um. So my favorite part of Christmas is that I hope one day Chevy Chase dies on Christmas. But my second part of Christmas. <laughs> Oh, Santa Claus, all I want for Christmas is Chevy Chase to die. Amen. Um, my actual favorite part of Christmas is um, gift giving. Um, it's a time of year I have an excuse to give all my friends gifts. Uh, I give, I have given these guys some gifts both of the last two years. Uh, Joe, I cannot fucking remember what I got you either year. Um, I hope it was cool shit. I remember you got me um you got me a poster of the movie Her one year. I don't I remember was, was that last that, year or the year before? That, that was the year before. I don't remember what you got me last year. And Austin, two years ago I think I got you the Uncut Gems poster, right? Yeah, I've got it framed on like the the China cabinet where we keep all the nice plates. Oh, you finally got it framed. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh and I also gave you my Blu-ray copy of Uncut Gems because I got the Criterion 4K. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, and Lash it was, was it like, the Boogie Nights pin? It was a Boogie Nights pin. Right, we were at the Avatar shoot, shooting the short before our Avatar two episode, and you gave me that wonderful little Boogie Nights pin. It was yeah, divine. yeah. No, I I knew you would love it. Um, I love giving gifts. I take it very seriously. I routinely spend around three hundred dollars all across the board on all my friends. Not like each across the board. 
Um, I, I wish you would spend three hundred dollars on me because that no, would you be don't. Funny. Yes, I do. No, you, that no, would, you don't. Would, yes, because that would be funny. Meanwhile, the only Christmas present I ever remember Joe giving me—I'm looking right at it. He bought it for two dollars, and it's a poster of Bruce Almighty. But oh, to yeah, be right. fair, it is one of my most <laughs> prized possessions. It is one of my most prized possessions. Two dollars that I got him his most prized possession. Because I sleep on the couch, and because of that, one of the first things I usually see when I wake up is Jim Carrey staring at me doing yo-yo with the earth. That is one of the first things I get to see every morning. You know what the best part of my day is? When I wake up in the morning and Jim Carrey's staring at me. Goodwill Hunting. We talked about that last year around this time, too. Go watch that. Yeah. Also a Christmas movie. Not at all. Anyway, no, it's um, not. yeah, I, like I said, the, not at all. The, the episode we did before Anna, believe it or not. Let's talk about Elf. Joe, let's start with you. Okay, so my 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 thoughts on Elf are, it's a good movie. I really like this movie. It's not perfect by any means. Fuck you. Uh, fuck you. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I think this movie is a little too montage heavy. I, there's more montages in this than I remembered there being. Uh, and in, in some cases, that's fine. Uh, with, with that said, though, it, it could have been trimmed out a little bit as far as the montages go. Um, it, it makes up for it by th- at least their fun montages, I guess. Um, uh I'm trying to remember the other kind of little complaints here and there. Um, I, I guess at points it like, it really depends on like your sense of humor. Like you're either going to find a lot of this uh, hits or you're going to find a lot of this misses. I, I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like there's enough earnestness um, that works for me in the humor. Uh, but then there's a lot that just kind of doesn't work, uh, because it's just a little too over the top for me. Um, I also think that some of the humor could be a little bit meaner because that, that, that would just make for a little bit more entertainment value. Like I think the, the, the example that I go to when I think this is when he tries to hug the raccoon um and it immediately cuts to him walking through like a woodland area but he's like not got a scratch on him he should be like disheveled there should be cuts on his face like if it cuts away and there's no cuts or like disheveling of him like like later on that's fine cartoon logic but i think it would just be a lot funnier if it just like cut away from him being attacked by a raccoon to him just disheveled just kind of worn out from being attacked by a raccoon that would be funny. I uh, I got a thingy uh, related to you thinking the movie should be meaner. Uh, earlier drafts of the script, the elves were all dunking on Buddy. Like, they were just mean to Buddy the elf. And <laughs> like, they filmed, I think, a little bit of it. And eventually, John Favreau, he says all this on the commentary. They were like, well, we should have it so he's coming from a terminally nice environment to explain why he's so nice and naive when he gets to New York. But imagine a version of Elf where the elves are all like, fuck you, buddy, moron, giant dickhead. Like, that kind of existed for a while. Yeah, I don't think that version would work at all. Um, I, I I think that it's it works so much better that the North Pole is just the safe haven of, like, niceness and friendliness and christmas spirit mm-hmm. um if that if that was mean i i don't think the movie would work if new york was mean that that would have been better like the real world stuff 
But like with, with my complaints aside, I enjoy my time with this movie. It's very charming. Uh, James Caan, uh, the the older I get, the funnier he is in this movie. Like, sure, yeah, like Will Ferrell's the comedy star, but when watching James Caan, it's like you're watching like him as himself, and he's trying to film another movie. But for some fucking reason, the stupid elf movie keeps butting in and you just watch him like get like visibly frustrated the more and more it butts in. (laughs) And just like some of his reactions to just things that happen around him are priceless, like specifically him seeing Buddy for the first time where he's just like, all right, let's get it over with. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, no, good, good stuff. Uh, uh, I'm rambling. I'm gonna pass it off back to Tanner. We can probably talk more about this later. Go on, Tanner. Good, Austin. What are your thoughts on Elf? I was pretty terrified to rewatch this film because uh, this wasn't a family staple in my household growing up. We were more of like a Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the old cartoon kind of house. So although I saw this on TV back when I was like 10 years old, I don't remember anything about it. I spent the rest of my life until now avoiding this film. I think because I used to see ads for it every year on ABC Family, and I always just thought from the ads, good God, that looks really fucking stupid. Uh, But I'll watch anything for this show. So I got a copy of the 2022 4K restoration and took it for a spin. And I've got to pause for a second and say, holy shit, this is one astonishing looking 4K release. Everything is razor sharp. It's like 2001 Space Odyssey had a fucking baby with Rankin Bass. On to the movie, though. I think if you're like a real anti-elf fucking Scrooge like me, it's important that you give this movie time to actually get cooking. And try to watch this film with some friends if you have any around. Like, admittedly, I was convinced for about 20 minutes that this film was exactly as dog shit as I had assumed. Do not get me wrong. The practical effects, production design, the costuming, the sets, all of that. Really well done. But I just didn't find it funny, you know? Um, But then, some ways into the New York stuff, the movie started working its magic on me. Which makes complete sense, because when David Bierenbaum wrote the spec script for Elf back in 1996... He was mostly interested in the idea of, like, this naive Christmas man getting dropped in the big city. And as much as I love the North Pole with its, like, forced perspective tricks and the stop-motion characters, the New York stuff was what really, like, won me over and got me to reconsider my previous judgment. Don't get me wrong, lots of the jokes weren't really for me. I am not eight years old, so cotton-headed ninny muggins didn't have me on the fucking floor wheezing. But some of these bits are fucking spectacular. Even when you're like a freaky True Detective Season 1 guy like me, Buddy sending his dad lingerie because he's unaware special somebody has a sexual connotation? Or, or Buddy trying to get the star on top of the Christmas tree by diving directly into it like a, a high school cop breaking up a fist fight? The, the dancing sequence in the mailroom set to Whoop, There It Is by Tag Whoop, Team. There it is! Louder! Whoop, there it is! Upside down and inside out, where Will Ferrell is doing these goofy-ass Slavic dance moves. And and God, the fight scene with fake Santa Artie Lang in the gimbals just had me destroyed. 
Uh, so as a comedy, I'd actually hazard to say this fares better than most studio films for kids from 2003. Like, Daddy Daycare and Cheaper by the Dozen don't have shit on Elf. And, uh, what about RV? Hmm. Poop explosion. Fuck RV. Was, was RV from 2003 or was it from 2006? Well, oh, it might be from All down. I know is that I, I legitimately had a nightmare about the movie RV the other night. Wait, wait, stop. <laughs> Whatever I'm saying doesn't matter compared to this. What happened? Um, I don't remember it very well. I, it's the most recent nightmare I remember having. I was just um, minding my own business, walking on the side of a highway, and then fucking this RV pulls up to me, and I'm like, RV? That's funny, like the movie RV. And then Robin Williams fucking comes waddling out. And he's like, Tanner! And I'm like, what the fuck? And in my head, I'm thinking, you're dead. You died. You're not alive. You're a ghost. And Robin Williams is like, Tanner, get on. And I get onto the RV. And then he's like, all right, Tanner. You ready for this? And I was like, where's the rest of the family? Is this the movie RV? And that's what I kept saying. I remember I kept being like, is this the movie RV? Yeah. And, and then he kept being like, no, I'm just driving an RV. I'm just driving an RV, man. I'm just driving an RV, man. And then we get to the part in the road where the poop explosion happens. And he's like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, huh? And he starts shoving me down the toilet. Like he starts giving me a fucking swirly. And then the poop explosion happens. And, I, and that's when I woke up. Oh, my God. I can't believe. And I woke just- up having to poop. I woke up and I had to immediately take a shit. <laughs> Robin Williams just coming up to you in a dream, just being like, oh, hey, Tanner, you ever see the movie Oppenheimer? We'll get ready for Poopenheimer. (laughs) That that is just the greatest fucking fucking thing you've ever went on a tangent about. Yeah, then Robin Williams walked up to me and said, until someone builds a bigger bomb. (laughs) Until someone builds a bigger bomb. Poop! Yeah, that's just got me thinking we should make, like, a Nolan movie where everyone's racing to make the biggest shit bomb. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You said Nolan movie race it, and for some reason my brain went, uh, Austin just said they should make a Nolan movie where everyone's trying to be racist. <laughs> well, I mean, those movies are very predominantly white. It, it's, well, mm. it's just interstellar, but the spaceship runs on racism, so they put Chevy Chase, like, right on the ship as the captain. All right, Chevy, stay here and just talk. You can save the universe, Chevy. You're finally good at something. Was not expecting the Elf episode to be shit on Chevy. So, so back to Elf. Like, as a comedy, yeah, Back right? to the movie we're talking about. As a comedy, I would actually hazard to say it fares really well for a film from 2003. Um, so it actually did all right in that specific category. But then there's the category we're going to call the Christmas magic. Like, scenes that make me feel warm and fuzzy, right? It actually did all right in this category as well. Like, Buddy earning his brother's love because of the snowball fight. Great VFX. Good job, Digital Domain. Buddy decking out the gimbals in holiday decor over the overnight. And that whole climax where Buddy helps save Santa. Classic Christmas movie stuff. All those things, like, came together in a way that actually made me sort of happy. And, like, nostalgic for the holiday, even though it's, like, early November. I totally understand why some families watch this every year. John Favreau and company did a great job. Uh, so, in closing, I guess I'd say Elf is a movie that is, like, best shared with the people you love, probably. Like, it's not Citizen Kane. It's basically Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for the Cartoon Network generation. But I think it has the right amount of heart and laughs. That if you get together and watch it with people you care about, it's a really phenomenal way to usher in the Christmas season. Back to you, Tanner. 
And I'm so glad I could watch it with you two because I love and care about you guys. Oh, seven commander. We love you as well. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> damn. Anyway, um, anal therapy. No, anal therapy. What? <laughs> What a- anal that? therapy and Poopenheimer and ships built on race. I'm thinking a lot about Canada. butthole, I guess. I don't know. I got a, <laughs> I got a problem. All, all things that make Elf wonderful. Matthew Barney just contacts you tomorrow. Well, like, I mean, another Cremaster cycle. <laughs> 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 to be fair, um, I'm pretty sure Will Ferrell vomited multiple times during the making of this movie because of all the like sugary ass food he had to eat. And oh. his body was like, fuck this. I haven't felt that bad since I watched James Franco cut off his arm in 127 hours. When he pours the syrup on the spaghetti, I'm just like, I, uh, (laughs) you know, anyway, if if I was to do the original bit I wanted to do for this podcast, I would have ate the spaghetti he makes with the fucking marshmallows. I would demand you, you don't do that because it sounds disgusting. I, I, Hey, I ate the Twinkie wiener sandwich on the podcast. I, I was going to do the fucking spaghetti from Elf. And you know what? I might make a separate video on that. Because you know what? It, it's been one year since the Twinkie Wiener sandwich happened. We got to do the Elf spaghetti. I don't want to encourage this behavior, but go ahead. <laughs> anyway, Elf is my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, mostly because it's the perfect blend of that actually genuinely well done comedy. I think even a lot of the fucking shit on the North Pole is really funny. Like, all the visual gags of Elf being visibly larger is just hilarious to me. And I don't know, there's something about, like, them, like, the two elves walking around a coffee, like, hey, man, can you pull a double? I gotta pick up Buddy Slack. Just, like, the casual office worker talk in the context of making toys (laughs) is so fucking funny to me. And then, you know, there's this thing where Buddy faints onto the elf, and he's like, Buddy! Buddy! Yep. Yep. Timber! I like Leon, the snowman, especially because later Santa Claus is like, Leon hasn't been anywhere. He ain't got no feet. <laughs> Santa doesn't know about Leon's days as a cumulonimbus cloud. Well, they also don't know that he used to work for the United States government uh, as a part of the Secret Service and helped rescue the president's daughter. Is that like the We're talking about Leon S. Kennedy, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to say that's the plot of Resident Evil 4, not L. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Spinoff. All right, now I need the Resident Evil 4 <laughs> modding community to make a mod where Leon Kennedy's replaced by Leon the Snowman. What about a Resident Evil series where when the zombies bite you, you turn into a snowman? Like a random ass snowman. Yes, what about a Resident Evil series when the, when the zombies bite you, you find happiness? <laughs> what, what if a Resident Evil series, but good? All right, Harry, fuck you. <laughs> what if... Resident Evil. Hmm. <laughs> We're talking about Elf. <laughs> He's done it again, boys! So, bravo, uh, Nolan, bravo! So you were talking about Leon the Snowman, not being Leon the anywhere. Snowman. I just think the North Pole stuff's funny, but once it hits uh, New York, that's when it gets really funny. Because like for 2003 standards, this has like a lot of edge to it for a family movie. Like, I think this is really edgy for a family movie in a way that seems quaint by today's standards. Yeah. 
Remember, um, this is the movie that has a line that's uh, if you see a sign that says peep show, that doesn't mean they're letting you look at presents before Christmas. Uh, yeah, that one's also hilarious. Speaking of good North Pole jokes. He gets um, drunk with a convict on the job. That's a little bit. That's hilarious. Yeah, but this this movie's still rated PG, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, like, our edgy Christmas movies starring Will Ferrell nowadays are musicals called Spirited. Um, that are pretty not, decent. I was gonna say, and not as good. Not as good, but fun. Still fun, I think. I had fun with Spirited. It was a fun concept. Uh, the music was real good, but it's, that's because it was written by the La La Land guys who just write pure gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the song Unredeemable made me cry when I saw Spirited. Just throwing that out there. Because he's like, am I forever unredeemable or do I deserve the fine love? And I was like, that's me. Anyway, the reason I like Elf is because he's literally me. Autistic. Uh, Elf is very autism coded. Uh, Buddy the Elf is very autism coded. He doesn't understand social cues and is overly enthusiastic and has a very specific special interest. Christmas. Uh, He's very autism coded. Um, I got to see this in theaters with Joe last year. That was a lot of fun. Yes, we went to my work. We saw the movie party for it. He didn't work there yet, though, when he, I, when I, he I, did this. Yeah, I wasn't working there at the time, but now I am working there, and we're doing it again this year. Yeah, but good, because I, I... But I'm not hosting that one. I'm hosting the one with the guy Tanner hates, Chevy Chase. Fuck Chevy Chase. Wait. All right, you know, I'm just going to get it out there. Chevy Chase was almost in this movie. Oh, no. What? He was going to play the role of Papa Elf. That's who John Favreau wanted. Will Farrow vetoed it because when Chevy Chase returned to guest host SNL in the mid nineties, Will Farrell said he was apparently by far the worst guest host SNL ever had when he was on the show. Whoa. Th- that tracks. <clears throat> I listened to both commentary tracks and I didn't know this. That's fucking crazy. Chevy Chase isn't all that funny. Just throwing that out there. When you give him a good script, he's funny. By himself? No. He just kind of reverts to doing a racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about racism or Chevy Chase. We're talking about Elf. (laughs) Will Ferrell is perfect in this movie. It is one of the best performances. This is his best comedic performance, in my opinion. His best dramatic performance is his one in... um, Stranger Than Fiction, right? Thank you. That is the best dramatic performance. But as far as comedy goes, I got to go with Elf. Uh, and I understand there are a lot of other great Will Ferrell movies, Step Brothers, Anchorman, 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 Talladega Nights, Talladega Nights. That's probably my second favorite comedic performance of his. Or uh, I love the scene where he's running around in his underwear. Or everyone's favorite Will Ferrell movie, The House. Actually, or, every or everyone's strays. favorite everyone's favorite Will Ferrell movie was Holmes and Watson. Yep. I, I was trying to think of a worse movie than The House or Strays, and I forgot about Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. I watched that in theaters. <laughs> Whoa! You know what you also watched in theaters before you go The War with Grandpa! This too, but you know what else you saw in theaters? Elf. I did. I did see Elf with you. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's Matinee. We can go off track. This is um, true, but let's stay on topic. Uh, Elf, I love Elf. Uh, Will Ferrell's brilliant in it. The entire cast is brilliant. James Caan, that great understated performance that just contrasts well with Buddy is perfect. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is, um, as a small boy, mm-hmm. when I looked at Zoe Deschanel in this movie, I felt things that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. 
I was trying to find a way to word that that didn't seem perverted, and I think I somehow accidentally found the most perverted way to say it. I don't know. L- listen, listen, listen. Zoe de Chanel, she crafted the manic pixie dream girl look, and yeah, she rocks it. And you know, I I, I think I miss her when she was blonde. Uh, she she really rocked being blonde. You know, apparently this movie made a lot of Hollywood people think she was a natural blonde. Oops. That's funny. <laughs> because when she auditioned for this movie, she was blonde. And then when she came to set, she was brunette. And they were like, what the fuck? How could you do this to us? You dyed your hair. And she's like, no, I, I'm not a natural blonde. And they went, oh. Because she was doing another movie that wound up not getting finished when she auditioned for Elf. Mm-hmm. I think um, she was anyway. also in The New Guy around that point, too. Yeah, that that's a fucking obscure ass movie. <laughs> I thought it was called New Girl. I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. Fun, well, funnily enough, she was in The New Guy and then later New Girl. So none and then of them later are she was in later. She was in The Happening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, come on, guys. Take an interest in Christmas. Man, man, The Happening would have been so much better. If Buddy, the who, plays, who plays Santa in this movie? It's Ed Asner. Ed Asner's so good as Santa. He's one of my favorite cinematic Santas. Anyway, this movie is filled with great comedy, but it's also filled with a lot of heart. That climax when they all start singing along to, you know, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Love that. I cry every time. Joe can vouch for this. He was in the theater with me. They had to escort me out. I made a scene. Yes, they did. They had to escort. We have to escort you out of the Alamo multiple times, Tanner. Well, I, I, listen, you gotta, I, t- Tanner, you I don't stop. agree with your shirtless policy. I you think got, I should be allowed to take my shirt off. You got to stop shitting in the theater while shirt. OK, listen, I told you that wasn't me. I was framed every time. The same guy continuously comes to the Alamo and shits in the theater that you're there's in a you're phantom doing. shitter on the grassy knoll, <laughs> a phantom shitter. It's like. You, you heard a Phantom of the Opera. You know how a guy haunts this fucking opera house? Well, we have a guy that haunts the Alamo. He takes a shit in all of our theaters. I love Alf. This is falling apart. Ad break, go. <laughs> Welcome back to Bomb Squad Matinee. You see that shit? You see that shit right there? No, I don't. What is it? It's a movie palette. Colors from movie. Punchdrunk love, to be specific. Go to moviepilot.com and you can get one of your own of either this fan movie we're talking about today, Elf, or any other movie of your choosing. Shrek, A Star is Born, Jumanji, or Underdog from 2006. Any that, one that of is, these movies could be your movie palot. That is the most random ass set of movies I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, I, I One of my friends dressed up as Underdog for Halloween, so like it's been on my head. Tanner, you, sh- you should be the guy that makes those fucking four movie DVD packs and just put them in them. Shrek, A Star is Born, Jumanji, and Underdog. If you want to order movie pallets for all four of those movies, you can. And at checkout, you should enter the code SQUAD15 to save 15% or more on your order. Except not more. It's just 15%. You call Geico to save 15% or more on car insurance. You enter SQUAD15 just to save 15%. And now back to the program. Uh, so this is really funny recurring bit in Underdog 2006 where the fucking Patrick Orburton character just goes, I was consulting my Thesaurus. And I didn't get that was a joke as a kid, so I kept calling it a Thesaurus until I was like 14 and someone said, you know, it's called a th- th- Thesaurus, right? And I went, oh. 
That's anyway, you're Thesaurus. The ship of Thesaurus. Fucking. All right, I, I've got some. I want to talk about some beef for a second. Can I? Can I? Just All right, give me the beef. I got beef like you wouldn't believe. So I watched the bonus features and I noticed something. There was this like unusual, these unusual <laughs> abrupt cuts in the behind the scenes doc, and everybody was acting like kind of on edge. And it turns out, according to articles that came out way later, um, Will Ferrell and John Favreau did not get along. James what? Co- James Cod told some radio show in Cleveland that these two dudes had wicked beef. There was like this whole goofy ass dance that happened after the film was made, where Will Ferrell immediately expressed interest in doing a sequel. But then he was informed that there were contracts written up where the studio could only do an elf sequel if both Will Ferrell and John Favreau were involved. So Will Ferrell was like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Then John went on the record like three times over the course of a decade expressing, I want to do an elf sequel. They even had a name for it, Elf 2, Buddy Saves Christmas. And the pettiest part of this shit happened when Will Ferrell was offered $29 million to do the sequel, and he still turned it down because he hates John Favreau that much. And also, James Caan was apparently mean as fuck to Will Ferrell. I think there's a story where when they first met on set, James Caan came right up to him and just said, I don't find you funny. And then he was just cold as fuck to him for the rest of the shoot. Yes, that's true. But then at the premiere, at the premiere, James Caan went, your performance was correct for this movie. You're a good actor. I'm glad they made up. I'm glad they they found So, yeah, I guess Favreau and Farrell didn't make up. I guess Favreau was just that upset that Farrell didn't let him cast Chevy Chase. That's the root of all the problems. Dread it. Run from it. Chevy Chase still arrives. I feel like we mentioned the war with Grandpa a couple times, right? For some reason. Yeah. Do we know about the cinematographer or the guy who shot this movie? Is it the same guy that shot the war with Grandpa? Greg Gardner. Who has had the weirdest... Greg Gardner shot the war with Grandpa? He shot the war with Grandpa. Uh, Apparently, one of the reasons this guy got picked for Elf was because he had worked on big SFX-heavy films like To End All Wars with Kiefer Sutherland and big VFX-heavy films like Men in Black 2. Elf has lots of special effects, lots of visual effects, so they got him, right? After Elf happened, he went on to shoot these films. Son of the Mask, Herbie Fully Loaded, Race to Witch Mountain with the Rock... Uh, the 2010 Marmaduke movie? Uh, yeah, and in 2020, he shot The War with Grandpa and Butter. This is the That's guy what who I just shot saw. Butter. This guy. He also, um, I, I, you know, wow. I was gonna, I was gonna say, it was really depressing learning that Dean Cundy shot Jack and Jill, the guy that made, that shot Jurassic Park, shot Jack and Jill. This is more depressing. Um, I don't know. His filmography is not... Well, well, here's the thing. De- Dean Cundy didn't have a track record of shit following Elf like this guy did. Like, uh, he, at least, at least, uh, at least his Dean Cundy's record is filled with classics, and he had like a hot streak of classics. Yeah, this is crazy because Elf, I think, is a remarkably well shot movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, none of the other things in this guy's filmography is nearly this well shot. No, the next thing he shot was New York Minute. Wait, is that the uh, for those Kate who don't Ashley know, movie? that was the yep. last Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. Yep. Uh, um, he uh, the only other thing in his filmography that's worth noting is that he shot the Flash TV show. 
which for a TV show is actually pretty well shot. And that ties back in again with having the VFX experience. The Flash TV show in the 90s cost a million dollars an episode in the 90s when that was a lot of fucking money. Whoa, I didn't know the Flash show was like Battlestar Galactica level expensive. That's wild. There's a big reason why it got canceled after one season. Even if it did get great ratings, I, it was too expensive to make. I think Greg Gardner could definitely shoot Back to the Future, but Dean Cundy could not shoot Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. I, I think these men are not I, the same. I, I hate to say it, but I think Austin's correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of TV shows, Will Ferrell's stunt guy, Mike Carpenter, he's like the stunt guy for, I think, Jared Padalecki on, on Supernatural. That, that was like the biggest chunk of his stuntman career. Uh, but one interesting note from that dude's stuntman career is he doubled Liam Neeson in the movie The Grey. So whenever you see Liam Neeson fighting wolves in The Grey, that's Mike Carpenter, a.k.a. the imposter buddy the elf. Will Ferrell's so, stunt double. Did you know that um, when they made this movie, they caused a bunch of minor traffic accidents in New York City? I was going to bring that up. Accidents? When, when they shot the Lincoln Tunnel scene. Drivers everyone... kept getting distracted. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. They were just like, I... is that Will Ferrell wearing an elf costume? Oh, I've rear-ended someone. It's like the, it's is that Don Cheadle meme? But like Don is that Cheadle's Will a... Ferrell? It, it, it's like that, but you're behind the wheel of a car in like heavy traffic. The the Ralph Bakshi movie. Is that Don Cheadle is shot and killed? I, and, and what's funny is this is before a lot of the really big Will Ferrell movies. So everything they would recognize him from would create a funny sentence. Is that the guy from Night at the Roxbury in an elf costume? Is I mean, that... realistically, 95% of people are saying, is that Will Ferrell from SNL? That's fair. Is that the guy from Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me in an elf suit? Oh my God, Will Ferrell. Is that is that um, the guy, is that the guy from that Cuba Gooding Jr. gay boat movie? What, what can was we that not talk called? about the Cuba Gooding Jr. gay boat movie? Can we not talk about that right now? Come on, Joe, <laughs> just one episode without talking about the Cuba Gooding Jr. gay boat movie. But we gotta right, so talk about the Cuba Gooding Jr. What, gay what boat is your guys' like favorite minor character in this movie that only has like a scene or two? Oh Mr. god, that's a great one. Voiced by John Favreau, I think. He did all Makes. the little Christmas animals. They had to modify his voice digitally to make it sound like that. You know. But yeah, Mr. Narwhal is goaded. If not that, probably um, the, the guy who works at the department store. Um, the Gimbal's manager, right. Played by Faison Love, yeah. Uh, his his name tag says Wanda. Oh, yeah. It was and you might think, because it was originally to be... supposed to be Wanda Skies. Sykes, yeah. And then, or yeah, Wanda Sykes, but then she backed out at the last minute. But Faison insisted on wearing the same name tag. Like, he was insistent on that. Uh, he is great in this movie. Holy shit, mm -hmm. he's so funny. Your favorite thing in the world is work now, all right? You love to work. <laughs> I've had a manager like that. Yeah, we all I have. think we all have. The one that, like, takes his job too seriously. Like, dude, we work in a department store. Shut the fuck up. Right. Joe, uh, favorite minor characters, I think was the question? Yeah. Um, I, the, all those picks are great. Uh, honorable mention to the uh, Arctic Puffins. The, they're adorable. But uh, come on. The, 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 the best one scene character in this, it's Miles fucking Finch, man. 
like he. he oh like, yeah, Peter Dinklage is oh! only in one scene. Pe- yeah, Peter Dinklage. That that's that he's the goat. That whole scene is comedy gold. That when you call me out now, one more time. Well, here's here's the thing. It's like you watch that scene now, and you're like, oh god, how dated is this going to be? And it has surprisingly aged like fine fucking wine because you have two opposite ends. You have a guy who's like earnestly and honestly excited that he thinks he's meeting someone from home and is so happy to see him. And it's just asking him like genuine, honest, like thoughtful questions. And he's like so happy to see this guy. And on the other hand, you got this guy who thinks that this, a fucking lunatic is being so goddamn condescending to him and insulting him and honestly kind of acting like a saint for like the first two bits. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> it's like, wait, when you have that in mind, it is like the, some of the funniest bits. Honestly, that whole scene is probably the funniest bit in the movie. Um, and then it's, I mean, it's always funny to watch Will Ferrell get his ass kicked, especially by Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Oh, he's an angry elf. <laughs> Again, l- like, listen to that line from Peter Dinklage's perspective, the specific way he delivers that. Just think of how condescending it sounds from his perspective. <laughs> uh, so we were talking earlier. Oh, first off, my favorite one scene character, the uh, mailroom guy. His friend? His best friend? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I fucking love you, man. He's like, I fucking love you, too. I'm like, yeah, that's how drunk people talk. I love this. Um, my favorite, uh, uh, not my favorite, but you know, you're talking about how Favreau and Will Ferrell had beef. Maybe they had beef because when Will Ferrell would, uh, do those Jack in the Box toys, uh, what happened there is that John Favreau had a remote so he could randomly decide when the thing would pop open to actually catch him off guard. Yep. Just torturing him from the whole take. His, his job went from being director to being like haunted house manager just for that fucking take. And you could so, see when Will Ferrell fucks up the box, I think it got to him, man. I think he was on edge. Yeah. So the Lincoln Tunnel scene, that whole like welcome to New York montage, which is just, I know you said this movie's montage heavy, but they're all so great to me. Uh, that's another great montage. The, you know, the fucking New York. And that was the last thing they shot. What they would do is that John Favreau, Will Ferrell, and a random cameraman just drove around New York City looking for locations to shoot at, and they would jump out and ask pedestrians if they wanted to be extras, or Will Ferrell would just, like, surprise people, and then they would ask for permission afterwards. Like, the the guy that Buddy mistakes for Santa Claus was just some Santa guy on the streets. Oh, my God. And Will Ferrell in costume genuinely approached him like that. No warning. Glad they got him to sign a form. <laughs> that guy looked mad. Yeah, it's great. Imagine after be like, we're going to give you $500 and you're going to be in a movie. Oh, okay. I was in Vietnam. Uh, there's someone I mean, in that montage I want to bring up. Joe, what were you saying? I was going to say, I mean, $500 in 2003? Yeah, I'd fucking take it. That's enough to buy a computer with half a gigabyte of RAM. That, that That's enough to buy a fucking Dell computer from Dell Computers. Remember Dell Computers? Yeah, I broke one of those ones trying to render the ending from Fight Club. So, real quick, would you guys say that the script for this movie is pretty great? Yeah, I would be I would be shocked if there wasn't a script. Uh, There is a script and it's very good, right? It's a great script, right? It's a tightly well-written movie, right? Uh, Anyway, 
this was the screenwriters who was Jewish, by the way. The screenwriter's Jewish, but apparently his family always celebrated Christmas. Um, and he specifically cited Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as a big inspiration for this movie, which explains the connection you made earlier, Austin. Uh, who wants to hear the other movies he's written? David oh, Berenbaum? Who? What? Uh, the same year, uh, he wrote another movie called The Haunted Mansion. Okay. After that, he wrote Zoom, Academy for Superheroes. Oh, no. The Spiderwick Chronicles. I never saw no. that one. And no, then the last to... movie he ever wrote was none other than Strange Magic, the weird fucking animated George Lucas passion project thing. Not, he hasn't written anything since. Not gonna lie, Tanner, like that that build up, I was hoping you would say the war with grandpa. <laughs> uh God, if you could could you imagine? Apparently he's currently writing a fuck me. He's writing a Frosty the Snowman script. Oh! He's going back to the well. We gotta make another Toy Story movie, boys. Oh Jesus. They got in trouble for the Rudolph thing. Fucking Rankin Bass showed up with the lawyers and threatened to shut the movie down because it was too similar to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Wait, actually, or? Yep, lawyers showed up, and they like they won't tell how they legally outmaneuvered the Rankin Bass lawyers. They just say like some quick legal work had to be done. But yeah, this well, thing probably because got... Rankin Bass was borderline bankrupt at this time. They couldn't. They could afford the lawyer for one day and just hope they'd intimidate them. <laughs> uh, uh, in that Pennies from Heaven montage, uh, Adam McKay pops up. Adam, Adam What? McKay. So 20 Where? minutes and 30 seconds into the movie, he's this dude in a brown coat with a black scarf passing out pamphlets in the right of the frame outside, like, the Kodak half-hour photo store. Because apparently Adam McKay did uncredited rewrites for this movie. Most notably, Santa's oh. monologue to Buddy about how gruff New York City is. Like, the Peep Show line was written by the guy who directed the big short. Everything about this movie makes a lot more sense now, especially how David never wrote a script this good again. I imagine Adam McKay did a lot of uncredited rewrites. Ooh. Little did Adam McKay and Will Ferrell know that when Will Ferrell pissed him off as the pamphlet guy, he would piss him off in real life and end their, like, decades-long, like, collaboration. Yeah, McKay and, like, Ferrell aren't friends anymore, and from what I understand, it's because of the TV show Winning Time? What yeah. the fuck? So we're not going to get another Step Brothers, guys. I'm sorry. Unless they somehow patch everything up. McKay, like, like, apparent, and the funny thing is McKay, like, clearly regrets it deeply. Like, every time it gets brought up in an interview, he's like, yeah, that guy was my best friend. This really sucks. Oh man. Aww. Anyway, take me seriously. Damn it. Don't look up as a masterpiece. I directed Anchorman. No, it's not. That movie's shit. I, <laughs> that movie's great. I Fuck that movie. I rewatched Vice the other day, and it's good. I, I liked it a lot. All right, all right. Hold on. Vice is the one I don't like. Yeah, I, I, I did not like Vice at all. I saw it in the theater on New Year's. I didn't like it at all. I rewatched it on the treadmill, and I was like, you know, as someone who grew up in the Bush administration, this kind of rules. So You yeah. know what? I wonder if the secret to liking Vice is turning it off as soon as the credits roll so you can't get to the credit scene. Yeah, I did not stay around for that. I knew better. Yes. That's the worst fucking part. That, that scene, that, like, legitimately ruined the movie for me when I first it, saw it. it. It kills the movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, the movie kind of works until then, in which it's like, hey, audience, you're stupid. Like, I, I when I watched that scene the first time, it felt like Adam McKay walked into the theater, shook my hand, and said, hey, Tanner, and then he called me the R word. <laughs> it, 
it's pretty fucking amazing that the man that fucking made Anchorman and Talladega Nights and Step Brothers makes a movie where he just fucking calls the audience stupid. All right. So you know that movie uh, where, or that movie, not that scene in the movie where Buddy burps for like 20 seconds? Hell yeah. Not Will Ferrell. That's not Will Ferrell burping. <gasps> it's you the voice say. actor. It's the voice actor, Maurice LaMarche. Okay. The brain? You! You might know him best as the brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, what? Holy shit, the brain did that burp? The brain from Pinky and the Brain burps in this movie. Rare burp cameo. Now, now I just want an edit where it's like, the same thing we do every night, Pinky. Ugh, just look at that burp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the exterior so, of uh, of uh, Buddy's dad's apartment. It's the, it's the Gozer building. It's the Gozer building. It's the Ghostbusters building. Fuck yep. yeah. Um, we, we mentioned the, the burp scene. Can, can, can I, can I do a brief tidbit? Um, uh, if is, you're going to burp in the middle of it, no, no, I'm not going to burp in the middle of it. The, the, this is just a warning to all of our, our younger viewers. If they happen to be watching this for whatever reason, I don't know why, but, uh, here's a warning for you. So, you know, that scene where he chugs the big fucking like liter of Coke in this movie to make the big burp happen. Uh, they, that that scene hurts to watch now because recently uh, I, I became a uh, movie party host at my job. And oh, my first this. Movie, my first movie party was the uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's fan uh, experience was that was my first movie party. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go all out. And I, I got a pizza delivery guy outfit. I got a T-shirt and we do a toast at the end of all of our movie parties. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this cola from FYE that's specifically branded for Five Nights at Freddy's. And I'm going to do the toast with that. And everything's going well. I'm getting them all hyped. And I'm starting the toast. I get the bottle open. And I go to Freddy Fazbear. And then I start, I, I take my sip. And then I hear someone go, chug, chug, chug. Aww. And I'm just like, I mean, I can. It actually tastes pretty good. Every, I, I couldn't even finish that sentence. Everyone started chanting chug. I Aww. chugged that whole fucking bottle. And I regret it. As cool as it was, I do kind of regret it. It, it kind of hurt for like the next day. <laughs> um, d don't do it, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, d don't don't. It's not fun afterwards. It, it's fun at so, the time. It gets you hyped, and it gets an entire crowd of people hyped to see Five Nights at Freddy's. But afterwards, you don't feel so good. Legendary. So the Buddy and Fake Santa fight scene. Fun fact: green screen. What? What? Um, well, let me put I this straight. The Buddy and the Santa fight takes place in an actual store where they tear it apart. They had to do it in one take because it was too. That's expensive and costly to rebuild. Mm -hmm. yeah, but because they had to do it in one take, the kids couldn't be there for their own safety, so the kids are on a green screen. Oh, nice. That explains everything. That that Lego Empire, that Lego New York City skyline took, like, the art department a whole week to build. <laughs> it's I was, gonna, I was gonna say, I would hate to have to rebuild that after, like, building it. That, that looks very difficult. Favorite joke? Mm, God, that's a good question. I think I laughed the hardest at special someone. Or <laughs> I, I always liked, uh, what is it, when the elevator's closing, and he's like, wait, I forgot your hug, and then the fucking door shut. That one's okay. What are jokes? Hmm. 
Um, okay, here it is. Uh, a tribe of asparagus children, but they're self-conscious about the way their pee smells. Oh, God. <laughs> is that Kyle Gass uh, of Tenacious I think, D? I think so, yeah. My favorite joke is the peep show joke. I, 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 that was my next pick was the peep show joke. Uh, I want to talk about an abandoned mental hospital. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Apparently, the apartment that James Conn fam, Conn's family lives in uh, was a set built in an abandoned mental hospital in Vancouver. It's called Rearview Hospital. Uh, the gimbal set was built in the cafeteria of an abandoned mental hospital. The orphanage set was in there, you know, where they had the baby. Uh, even James Conn's office was in this abandoned mental institution. And turns out, like, right before Elf, the movie that shot at this abandoned mental institution was Freddy vs. Jason. So just very, yeah! very different shows. Th th this movie gets another half star for being in the same area that Freddy vs. Jason shot in. That movie <laughs> rules. Hell yeah. I gotta rewatch that. I like that a lot, uh, as a kid. Fun it's, fact, it's the, fun. Scene, the scene after Buddy hugs the raccoon and exits the forest to walk down a pay forest road was shot on... Uh, Paradise Valley Road in Squamish, British Columbia. Uh, the crew was just randomly searching for an area to shoot that was suitable location. And then after they finished shooting it, some guy came up to them and was like, hey, um, what are you doing on my property? They oh. shot that on private property. Uh-oh. Even in Hollywood, baby, it's get forgiveness, not permission. Jesus Christ. The, the fucking, um, the security guards who kick him out of the Empire State Building, the tall ones, Will Ferrell's brother, Patrick Farrell. You know. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember so, that on the commentary. The sound effects used by the uh, jack-in-the-box thing is actually the same sound effects used as the laughing hyenas in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Orlando. This is actually foreshadowing to the fact that Jon Favreau would later ruin The Lion King. Oh, God! <laughs> Still waiting on YMS to release part two of that takedown. Lion never King, will. Lion King 2019 is just a famously bad film. I can't believe they got away with it. Jesus you know, I, I'll, I, I have one thing to say about Lion King 2019, and he, he, I got to be very enthusiastic about this. Wow, dude, Pride Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that comes out sometimes in, in my head when uh, movies use nostalgia bait in like a trailer. By the way, they dropped a new The Marbles trailer where the first, like, 30 seconds are uh, Steve Rogers and Tony I'm Stark. I'm still excited for the movie, but God, it's <laughs> they're desperate. They, they're fucking desperate. It's honestly kind of hilarious to watch. So, has anyone else here seen The Elf Musical? No. No. I have. I saw it last year at The Fabulous Fox. It was a good show. Uh, there's an absolutely hilarious part of it, though, where after Elf, like... Like, first off, I like to call the scene where he's at the bridge that Elf almost kills himself scene because I always got the vibe that if he didn't see Santa Claus in that moment, he was going to fucking jump. Yep. No, um, no, George, don't do it. That's buddy clearance. Oh, God, let him jump. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, fun fact about um, that in the musical, instead of that scene happening, what happens is that Will Ferrell goes to a random pizza place on Christmas Eve. And in it are 20 different Santa impersonators. <laughs> and they all have a big musical number about how great it is to be Santa. And they like start dancing on the tables and spinning the pizzas. It's and one of them's the one of them's the manager from Gimbal's. Oh hell yeah. That sounds like And that. like it's a nice little scene where like Gimbal's manager's like, I forgive you, buddy. 
damn it, Tanner. Because we're talking about a, a pizza. We're, we're talking about a pizza shop, and you say a manager. I have expected you to make a joke and be like the the pizza shop manager from Do the Right Thing. Oh shit! <laughs> Gonna get me a New fucking, York slice. Fucking Sal pops up. <laughs> John Turturro. Holy shit! Is that John Turturro? No, it's Don Cheadle, baby. That, that that scene with all the Santas reminds me of that psychology experiment where they got like three dudes together who all claimed to be their <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even. All right, Tanner, stop. Do stop. Our, do our mics even like pick that up? Well, that I don't think Jesus. so. There's just going to be a random Don Cheadle floating <laughs> in the middle of the recording. What one thing I. And heard... in that case, I'm going to make Austin laugh. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I heard that was kind of like, oh, history, was this came out before old school, and, like, studios didn't know Will Ferrell could, like, sell a big studio movie all by himself. So when this got greenlit, it was considered, like, a risky project. Like, it's hard This for, is his first leading role. It was hard for me to figure there's, like, oh, a time before Will Ferrell comedies in the aughts sold a billion tickets just on principle. It's weird. It feels, it feels like up until Holmes and Watson... He could still sell comedies. Like, well into the 2010s, I felt like he could still pull it off. Yeah, he had the fucking juice. Apparently, like, uh, they were doing test screenings for Elf. Everyone was real happy for it. Then old school drops. Suddenly, it's feral mania, motherfucker. And so the, the studio who did Elf was like, all right. They just started fucking doing the stripper thing for, like, advertisers. They're like, all right, give us a billboard. Give us a blimp. Fuck it, we're, we're making Elf at the baseball game. Like, they threw a billion dollars at the advertising budget because suddenly Will Ferrell was, like, the hottest thing in town after Old School came out. So John Favreau lucked out with timing there. Fuck yeah. And I think it worked. This movie grossed a fair amount of money, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was big. I'm going to Google this now. I'm curious. How much did Elf gross worldwide? There there's a funny moment. $220 million against a $33 million budget. That is strong. Yeah, that's a that's what you call a success. They're they're uh at the end of the Will Ferrell commentary track, he has this funny story that was like his moment he noticed that Elf was like a phenomenon. And and this is for Tanner. So apparently one day he was watching ESPN. <laughs> he was watching fucking ESPN, and one of the commentators told this story about how when John Gruden, the rock star coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who actually oh, won God. the fucking Super Bowl the year Elf came out, uh, he used Elf to hype up the team near the end of the game. Apparently, he said something like, Santa's sleigh doesn't run on gasoline. It doesn't fly on electricity. It flew on Christmas spirit. And that's what this team needs more of, is spirit. And, and that was the moment Will Ferrell was like, Holy shit, we really did something here. Football coaches are using it to juice up the team. If someone told me we need Christmas spirit, that's what we need right here, I'd be ready to run through a fucking brick wall. You, if you like know, someone basically quoted the the elf monologue at me, I'd be ready to run through a brick wall. You, you know, this guy's inspired me because we're going to have a very busy season coming up at the Alamo. It's inspired me to get the team together and say that whole fucking spiel to them as well. Hell yeah. Um, apparently, Richard Curtis of Love Actually, uh, about time and yesterday fame, apparently, uh, like, went on the award campaign circuit to try and get Will Ferrell an Oscar nom for this movie. Oh. And you know what? Dare I say it? Sure. 
Pretty sure this is the same year Johnny Depp got Black Captain Jack Sparrow. We could yeah. have afforded an elf nom. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 is very funny though. That did didn't Love actually come out the same year that this movie came out, or was that the year? After? Another great Christmas movie. I think real- Love actually was 04, though. Okay. But yeah, no. I think I don't know. Okay. Also, really good Christmas movie. You are correct, Tanner. Hugh Grant doing the dance to the jump for my love. It's a, it's a great movie. I, you ever wonder if like this would have, cause I was watching it. And the first thing I said when it was over to like the three people watching it with me was this probably did gangbusters back in 2003, like humor wise, this was busting guts left and right. Cause I had the vague sense, like coming out of the nineties, there was that terminal goofiness. That fucking wide-angle lens Nickelodeon bullshit everywhere. Like, I feel like some of the reason a lot of these jokes don't land is, like, everything's gotten way less funny over the years. There's been too many recessions. Shit's gotten too dark. I I feel like back in 2003, this was exactly what hit the spot. Like, the goofiness has been lost a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. No, I agree completely. God. I wish we could go back to that time. The Chiodo brothers did the stop motion in this. They also did. Oh, they did? They did. Oh. The, oh. They did this. Yeah. Boom, baby. I, I, had, I had to bring the sweater back. I wish I was wearing it when you brought that up. <laughs> and they they also did some of the stop motion for UHF. Go watch Joe eat the Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Thank you. Good night. We're, we're just fucking right. plugging so many episodes from last year. That Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Austin, go. Um. Let's see. Uh, under the right conditions, I think Elf can bring people a lot of joy. Whether they, like, grew up with it or they're watching it with people they really care about around the holidays, I think Elf complements the Christmas season really well. If you create a joyful setting to watch the film, it enhances that really effectively. Kind of like with lots of Christmas movies, it's less about the movie and more about the people you share it with or the memories that unlocks within you. So, yeah, 6 out of 10 in the summer... 7.5 out of 10 between November 1st and December 25th. Final verdict, back to you, Tanner. 10 out of 10 all the way around is the correct answer. Joe, final thoughts. All right, so... I saw you roll your eyes, motherfucker. I did not roll my eyes. No, not right. you, him. Oh. Anyway, so... Um, I'm. I, you know, they, they were trying to get a sequel to this made. Uh, you know, I'm going to go into the Warner Brothers Studios one of these days. And I'm going to be like, hi, my name is Joseph Rennick, but you can call me James Cameron in this instance because I got a pitch for you. And I'm going to go up to the whiteboard (laughs) and I'm going to write the title elf, but plural. I'm going to write elves and then dash some fucking dollar signs into the S. And you know what? That's how we got to do it. We got to have multiple elves in the elf sequel. And one of them is going to be played by Don Cheadle. I don't know how. I don't know why. But he's also going to be Buddy's long lost twin brother. We're going to beat the. We're, we're going to beat triplets to this. I I love the idea that James Conn has like five other bastard children who all pop up. <laughs> it's just fall of the house of Usher with fucking elf children. Y- you know. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. J- James Cameron is not James. Ca- well, I mean, James Cameron is kind of a son of a bitch, but James Conn in this movie is kind of a son of a bitch. So he might. Have yeah. Uh, but he, 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 he wins you over by the edge. 
He does. Elf is my favorite Christmas movie. It's a fantastic Will Ferrell performance. The entire cast is great. I love the practical effects. This is one of John Favreau's best movies. And um, really, I think it truly shows that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. But, but you know who you know who is- ain't singing. Shut the fuck up. You know who isn't singing loud for all to hear. Who? You, the person watching slash listening to this episode of Bomb Squad Matinee. If you're listening on any audio platforms on, thank you. Leave a review. Boost us in the algorithm. Um, moves you on down to our Patreon. Throw a couple bucks our way. We'd really appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for watching. Go down in the comment section below and let me know. What's your favorite Christmas movie? What's your favorite part of Christmas? What do you think of Elf 2003 directed by John Favreau? Have you seen the Elf musical? And finally, would you pour syrup on spaghetti and eat it? Comment below and let me know. And while you're down there, hit the like button so we know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so we know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so you know exactly when we upload new videos. Thank you again oh so very much for watching, guys. Tune in next week. We're talking about old boy. Oh, God. See you then. Oh, God. Bye. Yeah, this is, that's a fun fucking segue. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about an old boy. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. <laughs>